We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, Striking Gold listeners? Tyler here, producer at Blue Wire. Just a quick note before we start, we did accidentally upload just half the podcast on Monday night. We apologize for that, but here is the full episode of Striking Gold with KJ, previewing Saturday's game against the Minnesota Vikings. We hope you enjoy. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Striking Gold Podcast. It is your boy, Kevin Jones. Welcome to the pod. Shout out to all our new listeners. We've really built a 49ers community here. We tweet with each other all the time at Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. We have Rob Lauder, Eric Crocker, a part of what we're building here. BlueWirePods.com is the network. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I'm pretty excited. We're coming live to you from 500 Startups, my office space in San Francisco, a conference room. The San Francisco 49ers are getting ready to play their first playoff game at Levi Stadium, there's a little bit of an energy in the air. I saw extra Bosa jerseys today. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo t-shirt jerseys today. People have their SF gear on. This town is ready for a playoff game. Minnesota Vikings are coming to town. Just an absolute shocking weekend. Is the Patriots dynasty over? Uh, the Bills collapsed. That first game was just cuckoo and nuts. And then, you know, the biggest shocker of them all, Kirk Cousins goes on the road and the Minnesota Vikings beat the New Orleans Saints in overtime. It was not offensive pass interference on that touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. It was minimal contact. 
guess what? In the end zone, there's going to be a lot of contact. We saw that recently in the Seahawks 49ers game. I think you can get away with a little bit more if you're on offense or defense there, as long as it's not totally blatant and it's in a goal line situation. Looks like refs are letting people get handsy there. I thought Kyle Rudolph was just made a great catch. Kirk Cousins performed well. He had 30 touchdowns and six interceptions this year. Minnesota threw the football 150 times less. It's weird. I watched Minnesota this year, but you go back and obviously do a lot more research, watch an hour of how they play. Minnesota looks very similar to the 49ers on offense and defense. Kirk is a little worse than Jimmy G. The Vikings run offense is a little worse than Kyle. But I'll tell you what, Kevin Stefanski is not a bad coordinator at all. The Vikings went 10-6. and six. They truly did not have their dominant defense of the past. Their defense is still very, very good. But, you know, this was a, a solid offensive performance. Dalvin Cook is obviously the man. Um, yeah, excited to break down this matchup. We're going to go all over the map for, you know, both teams, how they match up. This is really the, the first true opponent breakdown I've done all season. Obviously, I've recorded twice in seasons past, had to do once this season just because of how crazy Blue Wire was launching the startup from ground up. But excited. I've really studied the Vikings here. I, I like the 49ers. I don't think they're going to cover the seven points. I think it's actually going to be a nail biter. Um, and again, Kirk Cousins to me mimics Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to make two to three terrible throws per game. He's going to make, he's going to hang in the pocket a little long part of the time the vikings are going to do their absolute best i think to take the game out of his hands early try and get the run game going early you know 49ers aren't that good of a run defense the vikings you know numbers show not that good of a run defense 18th in yards per carry you can run on this team um vikings secondary i am not concerned about this secondary we'll see if uh, Mackenzie Alexander comes back. He missed the Saints game. Xavier Rhodes was – he's terrible. What happened to him? I used to see him at the top of PFF all the time. He had a really down year. Saw some tweets. He's probably been playing hurt all season long. The Saints were able to torch him deep. And then their other corner, Mike Hughes, is out for the season. He's on IR. So obviously they have good safeties in Harrison Smith, Sendejo. Like they're – they're sound in their coverages, but I, I do think Kyle's going to be able to expose this defense. I'm, I'm not concerned about the 49ers putting up points here. I think they're going to be able to get 21 to 28 points. You know, Kendricks is a great linebacker in coverage. Doesn't matter. George Kittle will find ways to convert the chains. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about the offense. I'm actually, and believe it or not, here I am, I'm more concerned about the 49ers secondary. I know they were number one in the league. Shout out to Richard Sherman for talking his shit. You know, he earned those incentives in that contract. He had to take this kind of bet on himself deal, which I think is getting lost in the shuffle here. Like, I see him fighting with Joe Thomas a little on Twitter, and they're going back and forth. Listen, Richard Sherman had to take this type of deal. And you, you are allowing him to celebrate. I guess Joe Thomas's point is, okay, Richard Sherman maybe should have taken a, a one-year deal. If he proved it then, he could have gotten the guaranteed thing. Yeah, I mean, Sherman bet on his body, and his body is winning. And he's hopefully going to be matched up against Adam Thielen mostly. Because if the, if the Vikings do stick Thielen on Mosley and 
I mean, I'm praying it's Mosley. Witherspoon shouldn't be playing. But if, you know, Mosley's getting torched and they have to go back to Witherspoon, I think the one matchup the Vikings could really, really win is Adam Thielen against the second corner. Who cares about Diggs? They didn't really need him to beat the Saints, and he threw a temper tantrum throw in his helmet. He was targeted three times. Thielen is the one that scares me. He's just more consistent. He's a better route runner, better hands. Stephon Diggs has made big plays before too. This is a scary two wide receivers tight end combination. This is one of the more scary that you'll face if you're the 49ers defense. Quan Alexander coming back. Man, it, you know, J.J. Watt did play pretty well in the torn pack in the Houston game. I'm, I'm a little concerned about that too. Is there going to be some rust from him? Is there going to be some rust from D. Ford coming back? Jaquaski Tart. I'm excited for these guys to come back, but you know, part of me says this is a lot of new pieces jammed on defense. The other part of me says the defense hasn't been playing amazing in the last month or two. Most of that is because of the opponents, but even against Atlanta and that loss. Um, yeah, this is fun. Striking goal podcast, lot to talk about. 49ers, seven-point favorites. And I think – the advantage is Minnesota on offense. I don't think the 49ers are going to shit the bed on on offense. I trust Kyle. I trust Jimmy G. I trust Kittle. I trust Raheem Mostert. McGlinchey's going to have a tough matchup against Daniel Hunter. Vikings front seven is pretty tough. However, like I think the 49ers might come out like they did in New Orleans and throw the football right away. And do deep strikes to Emmanuel Sanders. I could see this being a game plan offensively that mimics what they did against New Orleans in that 48-45 shootout. Where they really threw the football and it was a Jimmy G game. Just because of how the matchups play. Like I don't think they this is the 49ers style of football. They prefer to run the football if they're going to win. But just the way the, the secondary matches up. And Emmanuel Sanders has been great deep. And this is a home game. If you come out with that game plan and shit the bet on the road, it's it's tough to then start running the ball once you're down. Um, to, you know, I'm I'm looking for that. It could be a little tough sledding running against this defense, and if it's not, you know, early passes to Kittle get this get the chains moving. I'm so freaking excited. Saturday, one thirty in the Bay Area, the first game. We're gonna know that the 49ers are in the NFC Championship game. We're, we're the first team to know. My God. <laughs> this is freaking fun. Talk about a turnaround. Trust the Shannon plan. Excited to see what Kyle puts together offensively. Defensively, yeah, let's talk real quick. Robert Sala interviewed for the Browns job this past weekend. I don't think he's taking that job. I don't think the Browns are – I don't want to say foolish because I love Robert Sala, but it that just seems like a disaster, to be honest. He's not ready to coach – to be the head coach of an NFL team yet – I think he has some more seasoning. Remember, he was on the hot seat last year. They finally have all the pieces together defensively. I just think he needs another year here. And I think the 49ers, are, they're going to be going 10-6 and six pretty much every year the next three to four seasons. He's going to get a better opportunity. The jobs this offseason just aren't that great. You have Browns left, you have Giants left, and you have Carolina Panthers left. Dallas hires Mike McCarthy. Redskins hire Ron Rivera. I think they both upgraded in the head coach department, but both coaches kind of have ceilings. I don't I don't think Dallas is a Super Bowl contender with Mike McCarthy as head coach. I'll tell you that right now. Unless he's changed everything that he's doing and is has some new scheme that's going to be amazing. 
I think that they're going to be very good. So um, you're not worried too much if you're the 49ers about these hires. But, you know, back to Robert Sala, there's a little bit of pressure on him this game. I would say it's nice to have D Ford back. But I would say if they lose, there's going to have to be a scapegoat. And people are going to – I could see them directing their anger at him. He's been amazing really all season long, pulling the right punches. And the coverages have really changed. They're not playing deep zone all the time. They've moved pieces around. He's definitely had a good year. I don't see him in Cleveland. I actually see Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland next year. It makes the most sense. He's kind of a Kyle Shanahan light. What he's done with the run offense there in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins was super efficient this year. They started 2-2, two and two, and then the Vikings just took care of business. They beat everyone in the NFC East, Philly, Dallas, the Redskins, the Giants. They beat everyone but the Chiefs in the AFC West. And they beat the Lions twice. All of a sudden, you're in the playoffs. They took care of business against inferior opponents. Um they kind of proved it, though, against the Saints. This is a wacky NFL playoffs. This, to me, feels like the year the Titans could make the Super Bowl randomly or the Vikings could make the Super Bowl randomly. Or, you know, it wouldn't be randomly since they're the one seed, but, like, this is – the window is open this year. There's no Patriots for the first time in so long in the AFC. The NFC, there's no breeze. The Packers are beatable. Russell Wilson's beatable. This is not an incredible Seahawks team. This is not an incredible Packers team. You can be an inexperienced 49ers team and make the Super Bowl. You could be Kirk Cousins and playing well and riding a hot streak. You know, Minnesota beats New Orleans and San Francisco on the road. It's going to be hard to pick against them in the AFC Championship game. They did, they've lost to the Packers twice. They lost to the Packers twice. They lost to the Bears twice. They, they have shit the bed. And I will say about Kirk Cousins, he will throw a pick this, this game. There will be a, a Vikings turnover. The 49ers are going to have to make sure they turn that into a touchdown. They're going to get what? 7, 10, 13 drives if the game's crazy and a lot of three and outs. We'll have to see what the score is. But they're only going to get a certain amount of drives. If Kirk gives you one on a platter, it's your way to win the game. Because I think these teams are equal and the 49ers are better roster-wise and can – make Kirk pay for a mistake or if there's a fumble. The um, 49ers have been incredible at forcing turnovers this season. Striking Gold Podcast, we are wrapping hot fire right now. Haven't even hit the pause button once. Yeah, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, that to me is the key. That's where Kyle's watching film and they're saying, we've got the play. We've got the play. Is it early on? I like when the 49ers play with the lead. Because when they do that against Carolina and Cleveland, I like the way the game flows out. Um, who, who's the other team they killed? I can't think of it off the top of my head. They had a huge, another huge blowout win. The Rams on the road, but they kind of did that in the second half. Listen, the 49ers can win anyway. They showed you at New Orleans. I'm not going to panic if they get down two touchdowns early either. They have the playmaking ability on offense and defense. Who would have thunk? 13 and 3. Yeah, it was a fun week in Mexico for me. Like after doing this podcast for so long, the 49ers had just made the playoffs. Like my startup is about to close a million and a half in funding, get a big office space, hire five people. Making moves. It's 2020, it's a new decade, new people are in charge. 
this is awesome to see Kyle and John Lynch turn this thing around so quickly. My boy Kyle Madsen, who is on Candlestick Chronicles, great point from him on Twitter. There's people bringing up, hey, remember last time Vikings and 49ers played? Vikings won. Jimmy G was there. Kyle was there. It was Kyle's second game was week one, 2018. Um, this defense looked radically different. That was Richard Sherman's first game back. They didn't have Nick Bosa. They didn't have Quan Alexander. The defense wasn't good then. The defense for the 49ers is a lot better now. The offense is a lot better now. They have Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel. So it's, it's, it's two seasons ago. Literally, it was the beginning of 2018. It's now 2020. I, I can't look back on that and say, oh, the Vikings had the advantage. I will say, like, the score to me is probably going to be 34-28, something like that. I think the 49ers are going to win by six. It's going to be high scoring enough. The defense is going to frustrate the crap out of you at times. Hopefully not. Nick Wagner had some crazy stat. You know, D Ford and Nick Bosa and like 160 snaps together this year have as many sacks as when the rest of the defense had 800 snaps. There is a special sauce. We saw it in the middle of the season. That Green Bay game was a complete throttling. If the defense can deliver that type of performance, I mean, you've got to think Minnesota is not as good as Green Bay. And people have been pointing it out. The fact that Kirk Cousins is a non-mobile quarterback makes this awesome. I would not want to play Russell Wilson because of the mobile factor. DK Metcalf's on fire too. You know, Seattle will be tough. It's going to be a tough out. And they truly might beat Green Bay this weekend. You could be talking about a 49ers-Seahawks NFC Championship game in Levi's. Um, But the fact that Kirk's not mobile is not going to serve him well. I think the pocket is going to collapse. The Vikings O-line is a great run-blocking unit. They're not that great of a pass-blocking unit. I think the the dam is going to break. I think Kirk's going to be able to make some plays. As long as Jimmy G does not throw two dumb interceptions, 49ers are going to win. Be confident. They're not going to shift the bed. They're the rare team where they really needed the bye to get three key defensive players healthy. And they would have won a similar game in Philly, by the way. It would have been ugly, low scoring. They would have beat Josh McCown. And they'd be heading to... Yeah, I mean, they don't have to worry about that. No more hypotheticals. The game's here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll dive into some more storylines that are going to be impacted. Saturday, Levi Stadium, Striking Gold podcast. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It does feel a little bit like Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers right now, as my boy Dieter Kurtenbach wrote in the Mercury News. Really good column on, hey, Minnesota's coming on a short week. They've got to travel 2,000 miles. And then you've got Green Bay, one of the worst 13-3 and teams of all time. Or Seattle, a team the 49ers have beat once. It will come down to the wire against Seattle if they have to play them again. But... This is as clean as the path typically gets in the NFC. You've had the Rams as a juggernaut. You've had, you know, the Saints as a juggernaut. 
Kyle had the Falcons as a juggernaut. It feels like the 49ers are the juggernaut right now. And they have weaknesses, second corner, O-line can, you know, be raggedy from time to time. They've had dumb turnovers. They've had some weird games. But right now, Jimmy G is one of the best quarterbacks left. Kyle is one of the best coaches left. The 49ers have one of the best defenses left. Um, You know, signs are pointing to them being able to contend for a Super Bowl. By the way, I already bought my tickets to Miami. I will be there for the week anyway. There's a couple events going on. Now that I'm doing sports business, got to rub some elbows, talk to some agents, doing some really cool content things next year outside of our Influencer Talk Network. Um, They win this game. You should start looking into tickets for Miami because it's going to be a party. And if it is Baltimore, San Francisco, part two, it'll be amazing for NFL history. And second of all, it's just it's the most fun matchup. The 49ers were the most fun team in the NFC this year. The Baltimore Ravens are one of the most fun teams the last 10 years. And I actually like that. If the Super Bowl is Ravens, 49ers, San Francisco is going to be the underdog. They're going to go in there with no pressure. They shouldn't have even been in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Baltimore is going to be going on a 16-game win streak. It's going to be nuts if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl this quickly. Or Jimmy G. Think of all the quarterbacks that he's leapfrogging who have not won a championship. Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford. Don't even have to talk about Carson Wentz and uh, Jared Goff. Jimmy G wins a, a, a title. He's not even going to be mentioned in the same breath as them anymore. And make no mistake, he's had his struggles this year, yada, yada, yada. But like, I called him the team's MVP. I saw most people gave George Kittle the team's MVP, which makes sense to me. But Jimmy G just exceeded every expectation this year. And I, I don't doubt him right now. If a week from now we're crying and pouting because he, he shit the bed in the playoffs, it's going to be disappointing. I just, I'm not banking on that happening. I'm not worried about that happening. He's been able to respond in games. He's been able to overcome something negative that happens where the 49ers go down, the momentum swinging, and Jimmy G normally leads this team to a touchdown. Kyle's dialing up the right play. checks making a diving catch down the field. There are certain components and the 49ers have been able to put them together. Um, yeah, so I, I think realistically, Super Bowl definitely in play here. So 49ers brought back Earl Mitchell. That would be one personnel change on defense. They've added a, you know an extra body in the run game. I would expect for him to be active. You think about this team, no DJ Jones, no Ronald Blair right now. Solomon Thomas is giving them heavy, heavy minutes. The D-line hasn't felt the same down the stretch. Can they get that energy back? It'd be fantastic if they won 38-10 and just came out and throttled Kirk Cousins. That is a possibility. And I think the D-line kind of sets the tone for the game. If they're not getting in Kirk Cousins' face, the Vikings will score touchdowns and it'll be close. If they are harassing Kirk Cousins... It's that simple. The game could be a blowout. There's so many other factors at play, but to me, D-line is number one. They've been able to wreck game plans for the other team. Can they do that with D Ford back on the field? Time will tell. Nick Bosa, let's hope he wins rookie of the year. Um, yeah, and like people are still tweeting about that Vikings game week one, 2018. Jimmy G did throw... 
three interceptions, and he was sub-50% completion percentage, one of his more jittery games. He did have a really nice touchdown pass to Dante Pettis. I remember that game very clearly. I would not expect him to throw three interceptions. He does that, they're not going to be able to win. He's a completely different quarterback now. He's had 20 more games under his belt. Striking gold, bopping all over the place. Interesting that the top four rushing teams in 2019 are still in the playoffs. Number one, Ravens. Number two, 49ers. Number three, Tennessee Titans. Number four, Seattle Seahawks. First time since 1992 that this has happened. So it feels like an anomaly, weird season. This is what scares me. It feels like a really weird year. Like, could it be Minnesota, Tennessee in the Super Bowl? I hope I sound like an idiot, but I, I really can't rule that out. I don't think there's chalk. In the NFL draft, we're saying it's chalk. Joe Burrow is going one to Cincinnati. Chase Young is already going two to the Redskins. Like, that's set in stone. That's Sharpie. Certain playoffs, certain Super Bowls were like, yep, it's, it's Patriots versus them. Like, it's, it's destined to happen. It doesn't feel like that this year, but it does feel like the 49ers are now the favorite. And with the Saints being out, I'm breathing a sigh of relief. If it was Saints-Packers this week, it, you're just like, crap, we have a super tough game no matter what. And it's the same thing with Seattle. But just the Saints being out is like truly letting some of the, the pressure out. I think the 49ers, if they could pick anyone they would have played, they would have picked Philly first, but they could pick second. They'd pick Minnesota. That is the matchup that they have. Um, real quick, back to that Nick Wagner stat. I said Niners have 24 sacks on 164 snaps with Bosa and Ford. They, they have 24 sacks on 801 snaps on all of their plays. D Ford was super efficient. I think he played like 20% of the snaps this year, something extremely, extremely low, but still had six and a half sacks. Still had some pressures coming off the edge that forced some bad throws. Um, Worth the second round pick. They win a Super Bowl, 100%. They lose this round. <laughs> now you're starting to question it. That's what happens in the NFL. You fall a little short. Now roster decisions are questioned. Um, he's been great. He's not been Nick Bosa great, but he's been great. He got a big contract. They had to give up a pick for him. That's it to me. That's the, that's the X factor. How quickly are D Ford and Nick Bosa and Buckner and Armstead going to collapse the pocket? Is D Ford truly healthy? Or is this like a psychological factor that they want him up? Because I do think I love Sally T. I don't want him getting a ton of snaps. Earl Mitchell, I love him. There's no way he's in great shape. There's no way he's in as bad a shape as Marshawn Lynch, hopefully. But, I mean, Lynch is still scoring touchdowns. It's crazy what the Seahawks are doing. Their team isn't that good, and they're still figuring out ways to win. Um, yeah, I mean, this – I hope you're having fun. I hope you're you're truly enjoying it. You're logging on to Twitter. You're reading Mayoko Barrows Biederman's articles, and you're you're getting a sense of joy because I remember reading for three years. And I bring this up every podcast. This used to fucking suck. Talking about this team used to be annoying and a chore, and now it no longer is. So I think. I had no idea about this future video, by the way, that's surfacing right now. I guess he wrapped before one of the playoff games. That was a little before my 49ers history. 
I'm all with getting the crowd hyped up and, and doing special things. Love E40. I don't know if he's going to like totally like change the momentum of the crowd. I don't think there is a musician that, that can do that. But um, I'm excited to see what Levi's looks like for a playoff game. They've been super loud before. Kind of stinks that it's a 1 p.m. start because you're not going to be able to get liquored up all day. But I, I think the Bay Area goes to bed early Friday. And really, Saturday is going hard. I, I think San Francisco, you rarely see visits. There's so many transplants. When it's NFL Sunday, it's just jerseys everywhere. Saturday is going to be a day where you see red all over the city. And I'm truly, truly excited for it to see this fan base show out. Um, you know, I grew up a Redskins fan. The one, you know, Ron Rivera is, is an okay hire. I'm not going to waste time talking about it, but no one cares. No one's like proudly rocking the Redskins gear. And it has a psychological impact on the town and people are like more sad there. I truly believe that. And in San Francisco right now, the opposite effect is happening. You have bandwagon fans who haven't cared about the team for five years. Come on back. Who cares that they miss these lowly years? Like get them back. I'm sure they're listening to this podcast. What is going on? The 49ers are fun. The city feels fun again. Not sure where I'm going to watch a game. I watch pretty much every game from home. But I'm, I'm kind of down to go to a bar in San Francisco. Tweet me if you're in San Francisco and want to meet up for it. We probably should do something for it. I'm sure Nick's Tacos or someone will give us some kind of deal. So keep me posted, folks. Very pumped. I'm going to podcast again in the middle of the week on Wednesday with our Vikings podcasters on Blue Wire, Bleeding Purple, Adam Patrick. They have even more insight. We'll kind of ask them behind enemy lines, what's going on there. Um, Yeah, recapping, I'm not scared of the Vikings. They're a miniature version of the 49ers. They have a play caller who's like Kyle, run heavy. They have a really good D-line. They have some holes in the secondary. They have a quarterback who's pretty damn good but will make a couple mistakes. The 49ers are a better version of the Vikings. I, I think they match up well pretty much everywhere except Adam Thielen. And... I might consider like Richard Sherman shadowing Adam Thielen if this starts getting out of control. It's clear what the strategy is for other offenses. It's attack corner number two. I think Mosley has done pretty well trial by fire. He's he's better to me in this position than Witherspoon. But I you know I can see if if Mosley's struggling, they're going to go back to Spoon perhaps in the second, third, or fourth quarter. Um, and uh, you know that's the issue I flagged. I think interior line will be okay as long as McGlinchey gets some help. Daniel Hunter had a huge strip sack. He's a player that can change a game. McGlinchey is a young player. This is a big spot for him. You're watching him. Um, and then how much will the 49ers run and how much will they come out passing like it was New Orleans? Like this is a shootout. Because I think the quick slants... And the three-step drops, Jimmy G's comfortable with that. I think it is a way to expose Minnesota. If you come out trying to run and bang your head against the wall, all of a sudden you may only have 10 points at halftime and this is a slugfest and you might lose. So it's about, to me, it's about getting up early, collapsing the pocket for Kirk Cousins. It's pretty simple football stuff. Like there's, you can talk about all the analytics and how they're going to match up. It's basically, are they going to collapse the pocket? Are they going to be able to throw the football, the 49ers, on offense? If they can, they're going to win. Then we'll have an NFC Championship game at Levi Stadium. Are you effing kidding me? You're going to have Terry Bradshaw, the crew in town, 
getting ready to hand out hardware on a stage at Levi Stadium this quickly. Can you imagine this? Picture this in your head. The 49ers have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Not a chance. They're the favorite. They're the effing favorite to make this happen right now. 34-28 final score. I don't know if that's Minnesota late trying to come back. It could be. I feel like they are going to cover. But I would not be shocked if it was the 49ers blowout win too. Um, and I, I would be surprised if they lose, but not shocked. This is a weird NFL year. Weird things are happening. Is Tennessee going to be Baltimore? Like it's th- there will be a shocking upset this weekend. Minnesota, or excuse me, San Francisco, Baltimore, or Kansas City. One of those three will lose, and like Green Bay is probably going to lose. <laughs> You're going to have at least one road team, if. And likely two advancing in the division around the playoffs. All right, I'll be back in the middle of the week, giving you two episodes this week. It's the playoffs. And then Rob and Croc are going to do their preview as well. I appreciate 49ers fans. I love you guys. This has been fun as hell. Um, My DMs are always open. I generally respond to people. Always happy to chat. Let me know if you're in San Francisco Saturday trying to figure out a spot to watch a game. And we will talk to you again in the middle of the week. All right, peace. Peace.